Welcome to Side Hustle City, and thanks for joining us. Our goal is to help you connect to real people who found success turning their side hustle into a main hustle, and we hope you can too. I'm Adam Kaler. I'm joined by Kyle Stevie, my co-host. Let's get started. All right, guys, welcome back. Another Side Hustle City podcast episode for you. And as always, the trusty co-host, Kyle Stevie. Yep. So today, guys, we've got Colin Jeffries. We spoke a little bit before the we started recording. And Colin and I are kind of in the same industry. We're both doing marketing. Um, and you guys know that uh, I own an agency called Reversed Out. Uh, we do you know graphic design, web design, you name it. Mostly uh, support for other marketing agencies and companies that don't have a marketing department. Well, Colin just talked about a lot of local organizations that he's worked with. He you studied at UC, it sounds like, Colin, and um, you got into international business, and then you got into some of these really well-known, well-respected organizations here in town, you know, started uh, learning marketing, right? Exactly. So, so I, I, yeah, I think there's a lot of people out there, too, who just don't understand, um, you know, we, we spoke about it a little bit, but you've got a lot of people who are like, hey, I do marketing, but they don't have the experience, right? They don't really, they're, they're maybe just out of college or they're still in college a lot of times. And, but they really don't, the strategy isn't there. The, they don't have the, the breadth of knowledge. They don't have the understanding of the experience. So talk a little bit about, uh, you know, how you got into this and uh, how this, I'm guessing this was like, you had a full-time job and now this is kind of like your side hustle. That's, that's excellent, Adam. Well, thank you for guys. <laughs> thank you guys for having me on the show today. So Exactly. I, I had the chance to study marketing and international business at UC and then uh, graduated, worked for a property management company in marketing and, um, and financial analysis, essentially. Kind of parlayed that into a, a role running marketing for a local home improvement division of um, one of the largest manufacturers of windows in the US and then sort of fell into healthcare marketing. And it, it's been really fascinating because to your point, you know, I equate marketing sort of to skiing. You know, anybody can go on Facebook and run Facebook ads. Anybody can set up a Google AdWords account and start running ads. Really, anybody can go on Choosel and start buying retargeting banners. But in, in skiing is so easy. You know, you strap your skis on, you go down the slope. But it takes a long time to get very good at skiing, to hit jumps well, to do moguls, that sort of thing. It, it takes a long time. And marketing is the same way where, sure, you might have a degree in marketing. You might have a certificate in some sort of marketing or writing or something sort of related. But to really get under the hood and understand search engine optimization and how backlinks affect that and how content affects that and how people interacting on your site impacts your search engine optimization, that takes a level of proficiency that, to your point, right, the, the college student who's hustling on the side probably doesn't have. And the interesting thing with marketing as well, and lots of industries are facing this, is that skills are constantly changing. If I told you, hey, I am a search engine optimization expert because five years ago I was a search engine optimization expert and I've sort of shelved that role for the last half of a decade, well, I'm likely out of the game. My oh, knowledge out is of the game. Yeah. Your ancient history. That's exactly right. I mean, this stuff is changing every day. So it's a very exciting, fast-paced environment. I love to be part of it. But there are some fundamentals that stay true. So you can be an excellent search engine optimizer and SEO, right, where you're focused on building 
essentially somebody's search engine ranking profile, making sure that they are showing up better and the user experience is improved and you're building backlinks and that sort of thing. But many folks don't understand where they fit into the overall marketing plan and what that role is. And so I think I'm, I've been able to have kind of a unique perspective of, and this is especially true with managing vendors, where you're able to say, okay, here's kind of the overarching marketing plan. Here's where design fits in. Here's where SEO fits in. Here's where search engine marketing fits in. Here's where social media advertising fits in. Here's where social media planning, if you will, like engaging with folks on social media, social media reputation management fits in. Here's where our, um, I'll call it niche reputation management fits in. If you are a physician, for example, that might be rate MDs, web MD, health grades, those sorts of things, right? The, the niche sites, in addition to some of those more notable sites like Google My Business or Google Maps. So all that to say, Sometimes it's like herding cats, right? Where you have lots of different vendors or different team members or what have you that you have to kind of get aligned in the seat on the bus to go forward. Even though with some cases, vendors who don't really think they need to know which direction the bus is going, you know, give me, give me the bite that I need to chew on and I'll chew it and I'll, I'll get it back to you, right? Or does it really matter where the entire organization is going can't I just do my piece? And I think a lot of times, especially from a strategic perspective, it does matter where the organization is going. Mm. That was probably a really long answer to your setup. So oh, no, 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 you're good, man. So yeah. So the, how did this become a side hustle for you? That's a great question. So um, just full transparency, my, my side hustle is um, a podcast called Take 5, the Rethink Marketing Podcast. I am still a, a W-2, but I do provide um, some expertise in advisory roles and things of that nature uh, as well. But really, I, I met um, a gentleman who was on the, the marketing sales side, if you will. He, he sort of sold advertising campaigns and support to marketers. Uh, when I was leading a very small marketing team, a marketing team of myself and one other person. And and, the, and I had some vendors that I was using and that sort of thing. And so we would have lots of conversations. You know, he would talk about um, how he was, he was um, just like trying some new marketing things to build his business personally. He'd been trying some different marketing tactics for some of his clients. Uh, he, you know, he had just good insight on strategic marketing plans, on Marcom, on a lot of MarTech, you know, all of the things that marketing decision makers and marketing leaders like to talk about. And it was just fascinating. I would get a lot of really, really good ideas from him. And he would lie to me and tell me that he got good ideas from me as well when we would have these <laughs> conversations. And so he, he kind of approached me and was like, hey, I think this would be a really good opportunity for us to start a podcast. And I had been a marketing department of one and it, it is almost, it's impossible for a single marketer to keep up on the latest in search engine optimization, search engine marketing, user experience or user interface design, um, copywriting, blogging, backlinking. There are just so many things. And all of those didn't even get into sales enablement or sales support, which generally speaking is the reason a lot of marketing departments are created. So there's just a ton of content to keep up with. And I noticed within the marketing podcast space in particular, there were lots and lots and lots of coastal podcasts, if you will, right? They're, they're really focused on the, the New York or the LA type of marketer. And there weren't a lot focused on kind of SMBs in the Midwest. And further, most of the marketing podcasts that were 
out there were not evergreen. You listened to a podcast from six months ago and it was already outdated because they were talking about um, something that was um, a piece of news, if you will, back then, but wasn't super relevant now. So we set out to create a profitable podcast where we would serve marketing departments of one, business leaders who might not have a background in marketing, but who wanted education in marketing. Mm. And then obviously folks who were looking to branch beyond just what I would consider marketing operations, where you're sort of showing up, making a pamphlet, showing up, sending out an email, showing up, posting on social media, and really getting into strategic marketing, into culture building, into um, the, the forethought, if you will, of marketing and communications plans, understanding the differences between sort of tactical execution and strategy. So that's really how the Rethink Marketing Podcast was born. We are just about to surpass, I think, 75 episodes. Oh, wow. So oh, you, guys been, ahead, you guys are ahead of us right now. That's, that's, that's a feat. Well, it's, it's been a blast. I absolutely, I have, I have learned so much. It's funny, we started the podcast with the idea to serve that underserved market. And I have benefited so much from it, both personally and professionally, just from the networking aspect, from the learning from, you know, folks who are just way better at different niches within marketing than I am. You know, we, we talk to folks who specialize all they do 50, 60 hours a week is SEO, man. I want to learn from that guy. All yeah. they do 50, 60 hours a week is sales training, man. I, I want to learn from her. All they do 50, 60 hours a week is, um, write press releases and get news attention. Like uh, I want to learn from them as well. I mean, there's just so much learning that's happened. It's been a, a fantastic ride. This is interesting. I'm, I'm definitely going to be listening to you guys' blog. I mean, this, this podcast, because I've got clients that I think I could pass this along to because they do need to understand what's going on. I'm just afraid they don't have a ton of time to learn it. Like they just don't, they don't want to sit down a lot of times and just like learn it themselves. They want somebody to just do it for them. Right. But then the other problem is you've got clients out there that they don't want to take the time to figure this out. Nobody in their order in their organization has time to figure this out. They don't have the money to hire all the people that would be necessary to create a marketing department. They just want to hire somebody to do it. But the problem is a lot of them don't want to pay for it. <laughs> and that is where I think fractional leadership, if you will, is clutch because you can get someone in for, in most, I would say most organizations that don't have a marketing department probably don't need like a, a chief marketing officer and a marketing coordinator and a marketing manager, right? If you don't have a marketing department at all, you can probably start by bringing in um, a cat herder for lack of a better term, somebody who comes in maybe 10, 15 hours a week, and they're able to provide guidance for your business as a 1099, as a fractional marketer. Or if all you need is a strategic plan, and then you can go recruit vendors to do it. I, I have actually helped, um, a local property management company that has invested in some hotels and um, some event centers and that sort of thing do that where they were really struggling to figure out, you know, what vendor mix do we need? And I was able to kind of come in and say, okay, who, who are your audiences? What's your objective? What are you trying to do here and help them sort of formulate a strategic marketing plan. And in that enabled us to see, okay, we probably don't need a relationship with a full-time marketing coordinator. We probably just need somebody who can run 
your ads on, you know, in the hotel industry, who can run your ads on TripAdvisor. You probably need somebody a couple of hours a week who can respond to reviews and do the reputation management, that sort of thing. Um, you know, they, they had a couple of other relationships with folks who weren't really marketers per se. They were more uh, what I would consider like designers or um, copywriters or people of that nature. So then that enabled their director of sales to herd his different vendors, for lack of a better term, in the same direction without them, you know, paying six figures or what have you to bring in a chief marketing officer or like a VP of marketing to run something that he was kind of capable of doing because their marketing needs were relatively small. They just needed the direction, if you will. So are you, uh, basically, it sounds like you could potentially spin this off as a consulting gig, consulting firm almost from your podcast. I mean, have people been contacting you a lot? So I do co-host it and they, ha they have been contacting us. Uh, my co-host does a fair amount of fractional sales management and fractional marketing management. I definitely do some support from a, like a content side, a marketing strategy side. Um, and, and yeah, there's, there's definitely opportunity. There's definitely need there as well. I think it's, uh, you know, we, we talked a little bit earlier about kind of the, the middle US, if you will, right? The sort of SMBs in the Midwest. And I do think there's an, a kind of lack of marketing expertise from a fractional perspective that seeks placement in the middle of the US simply because if, if you can be paid an hourly wage, would you rather make an hourly rate um, in Cincinnati or would you rather make a, an hourly rate that's three times higher in yeah. Chicago or Austin or um, New York or what have you, right? So uh, in, in Cincinnati and Columbus and Indianapolis and sort of the, the surrounding cities, we've found that to be kind of our sweet spot with some fractional marketing management, um, it, especially when organizations are looking to expand into the Midwest and they're used to that sort of uh, blunt, if you will, kind of marketing messaging that they've seen work well on the East Coast. There, there are regions within Cincinnati or within the Midwest, depending on how you want to break it down, where kind of a more traditional approach, a softer approach, a more brand building approach is necessary before you can get into that kind of hard demand generation. It's a much more conservative consumer. It's yes. harder to get money out of people's pockets, I think, in the Midwest, in the, in the German Midwest, where everybody's, you know, we all keep our money under the mattress and, you know, you really have to make a compelling argument to convince us to spend money. <laughs> well, they're also more loyal too. Yeah, they're more loyal. Like once you get them and you give them a good product, they will spend, they'll continue to spend. And their, their kids will do this. Like Honda, for example, Honda, uh, Honda Motors on lawn, lawn, Jesus Christ. Honda Motors <laughs> on lawnmowers was my dad's go-to. He, he liked to get a whole Honda lawnmower, but if it, as long as it had like a Honda motor, we, he was going to buy it. Yeah. So he would went through like three my whole childhood. And I was like, well, pretty good brand. So what do I buy now? I yeah. Buy now you buy a Honda, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cause you got that. I'm a, I'm a Cub Cadet man myself, but. Oh, there you go. You wow. know, I don't judge. Yeah. I live I feel, in. I feel judged. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want to do the rest of this podcast. Uh, Ooh. Well, you two are, uh, you two are kind of like Kyle and I, because Kyle's a sales guy. I'm the marketing guy. And you guys kind of have that same setup on your podcast, right? We do. It, it, it's very similar. The The interesting thing is that uh, my co-host has done quite a bit of selling marketing products and building marketing products from the ground up, meaning like whole work with with marketing decision makers who say, 
um, I want to reach this particular audience. What's the best way to do that? And then we'll kind of put a plan together to execute that, which is a really fun place to be. And I approach things from a little bit more of the, the marketing director, if you will, seat where I'm able to say, okay, where does that fit into the overall marketing plan? Is there an overall marketing plan? And then how does that fit into sales enablement and sales support? How does that fit into growing the audience to then monetize later? How does that fit into customer lifetime value, right? Some of the, the interesting nuances between what I would say is the inside perspective and the outside perspective. Well, shit, we need a we need them to help us out. With Dude, our I was pod- just going to say. With, well, now it's just with that, but with our podcast, like we start monetizing. Oh, this. I know. We do need to start monetizing the people podcast. Like us. Our goal here is to just kind of help people understand that there's other ways to make money out here than their nine to five job or whatever. Like, you know, take your skills, take whatever you like to do. The last guy that was, that we, uh, you know, a couple podcasts ago, I guess, when this launches, but he wrote a book called Hobby Boss that essentially says, hey, what are you good at? Figure out a way to make money, Cre- t- teach classes online and make money at that, you know? So that's kind of our goal. It wasn't never, it wasn't ever really like, oh, we're going to start this podcast up and we're going to monetize it and make money. But I mean, it'd be nice, you know? We want to cover our BuzzFeed or not BuzzFeed, who is a Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout. Oh, our Buzzsprout costs. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's kind of getting expensive there. But, you know, I don't think we're going to get any corporate sponsorship because we spend most of our time telling people not to work at a nine to five job. And we cuss. Well, it's W2 employee. And we cuss. And, and we cuss. And yeah, and we're kind of anti-woke. Not, oh, yeah. Not, we're not political, but yeah. we lean. It's, it's we're kind of like hard to see which way. We're like, about we hard lean. work, right? We're not yeah. about complaining. So, yeah, when we hear people like, oh, give me free stuff, that makes us upset. So, no, you are preaching to the choir there. I mean, it is interesting how you you can't discuss politics without delving into economic theory, generally speaking. And it's almost someone who doesn't understand economic theory. (laughs) Right, right, exactly. But it it is usually who I'm arguing with. I'm like, I I can't even talk to you because you don't use the basics aren't even there. Like I can't. You're annoying. Stop. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, you got all these people who want to, you know, and I don't know, maybe there's, maybe America has done a really terrible job. And, and the, the, you know, the community of business owners, small business owners, even like the marketing for capitalism. And when you think about capitalism, like, think about this, Colin, like when you say the word in a classroom, in a college classroom, I mean, you're, you know, you were in college not too long ago. I mean, you say that word and people start to freak out. I was in a high school tell, talking the other day and some girls started like, it was like, as soon as I mentioned it, it was like she wanted to cry. And then she asked to be excused. And I think she literally went to the bathroom to cry. It, it's a sad day when we can't disagree on philosophy. I mean, really the, the fascinating thing. And I, I know we came on here to talk about side hustles and not philosophy and economic theory. Oh, don't but, worry. We get into it yeah. in every episode. But it's interesting if you think about the primary methods of um, like economic systems, you have capitalism, which is, you know, in in the U.S., we are not a true capitalist society. But exactly. So but we'll we'll say for sake of argument, right, you you sort of have capitalism. You have kind of an oligarchical structure where um, it's it's much more fascist, where you have kind of large companies making decisions, if you will, and being compensated. And, and there's a lot of gamesmanship that's, that happens from um, the, the appearance of not being a monopoly while actually being a monopoly. 
you, you have at some level anarchy, which is more like bartering system and when there, there's no real structure to it. And then obviously we have the, the socialism, communism, Marxist side of things. And if you want to be compensated for what you do and be equipped to serve the largest possible audience and you want technological innovation that doesn't require government funding and you want to have stability of your currency, of your role in the economy, that sort of thing. Yeah, there, there is no better solution than capitalism. And I'll just add to that, we're talking to side hustlers or folks who are aspiring side hustlers. You cannot be in a socialist economy or an anarchical economy or an oligarchical economy and expect to be able to side hustle your way into success. Nope. Like I've seen just, you know, from my own personal experience, I, when I left one of my previous employers, they kind of realized that there was a void where um, there was a void with the level of expertise and understanding of search engine optimization and the level of understanding of their business along with, you know, not to sound arrogant, but the ability to write in sort of a coherent fashion. And so I, I wrote for them for probably about a year, um, you know, on the side, that was my, my um, low income side hustle, if you will, but I built at a pretty decent hourly rate. Nice. Uh, and, and it was, it was extremely niche. And that was just a really cool opportunity for me to help guide their content strategy, um, help guide their search engine optimization strategy. Well, they were looking for kind of a replacement um, vendor because they were seeking a marketing agency that could check all of the boxes that they needed, not just like one one-off guy to write content for them. But I, I would encourage folks who are an aspiring who are aspiring side hustlers, you know, look at the connections that you already have, look at the skills that you already have in your tool belt, so to speak. And there's probably an opportunity to, um, to leverage those from a monetary perspective. Yeah. I, that, I think that's been they, my experience at least. Yeah. You've got a lot of people out there that, yeah, they need, uh, they think they need the, like the guy who can do everything, the one guy who can do everything in their marketing department or whatever. Like they've got, Oh, I need this. I think if you're just, if you're going to do a marketing department, like if you're going to create a marketing department, you're a manufacturing company or whatever, just have one person who understands the different roles in marketing, like the different, like understand that what a web designer does, understand what a graphic designer does, understand what, uh, you know, your marketing coordinator does understand what your social media manager does, at least understand the roles that you need to either hire for or go find that person, right? Or go find that agency that can that can help you, right? But you need a plan. Either way, you need a plan, right? Exactly. And I, and I think, you know, what you guys are doing and, you know, with your side hustle and everything else, that, that kind of helped you step into this whole thing. But you had skills that you can use, right? I mean, this is capitalism, right? You can you can take whatever skills that you're you're given or you went out and learned and you can create, I mean, today, with all the stuff, you know, you could probably quit your nine to five if you, and what you could do is you could transition out of it. You don't have to leave tomorrow, but you could, if you wanted to, you could build up your client base. You could contact these 70 something people who have been on your podcast and you could say, Hey guys, I'm thinking about, you know, stepping away from the nine to five. You know, I want to do something different. Here's here. You guys know what I do. Is there any opportunities for me? 
That's exactly right. And, you know, if, if I wasn't so darn passionate about what I do, um, from nine to five, uh, that probably would have happened a long time ago. There is, that's a rarity. I mean, you know, good for you. I mean, there's not that many people, people go to their jobs every day and they're miserable. Yeah, I mean, we, we talk about that aspect of it, but we've, we've talked about enough people that are happy with where they're at. And so they that they are able to, from a place of security and a positive passion, translate that over to a side hustle and give that their Michael role Close. as well. Yeah, yeah he, works at, he worked at uh, you know Proctor and he loves working at Proctor. I know a lot of people that like working at Proctor and they great benefits, companies loyal, and as yeah. loyal as you can get so for a got, big co. Yeah, he's got security. And so it, he goes to the shop and- that's just kind of like his downtime to enjoy. But he makes good money doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And he can send his kids to college on that, you know? Exactly. Well, and, and that's one thing that I really love is I think, you know, when, when I have the opportunity to work with clients or uh, particularly through the podcast, there's an opportunity to, to sharpen your sword, so to speak. And so then when you go into battle, a very, very extreme metaphor, I guess, but you know, you, you spend time, prepping and doing the basics and going through the reps again and again and again um, at a small level. And at least I do. And then when I have the opportunity to take that into my place of employment, I, I'm much better off and I bring a lot more value there. And, you know, just to talk a little bit about my W2, not to derail the conversation since we're talking about side hustles. Yeah, you're going to ruin it all. <laughs> you, you know, I'm just one train wreck after another on this podcast for, for you guys. I'm, tr- I'm really trying oh, to make no. this your worst episode. Yeah, no, I love this. This is my you, job, kids. You were in my, you were in my wheelhouse. <laughs> this is my world. I love I know, Adam it. hasn't stopped smiling since we started talking. <laughs> I know. Oh, I can. Well, I smiling, but in the back of my head, I'm thinking of all the, the either former clients or, or clients we didn't win because of how cheap they were, or they, they just didn't understand the value in marketing. They, because they're all sales led companies. I mean, think about it, all these manufacturing companies, you know, the old man started the company a million years ago you know, how do you get business? He went to the Elks club or whatever freaking social club he was. Exactly. With. He went, played golf with these guys. He, he went, he was in a war with them or whatever. That's how they got business back in the day. Right. It wasn't, you know, you didn't straight have referrals, straight referrals. Now there's 400 different ways you, you got to go out and get business. Like it wasn't, you don't just walk out and talk to people like you used to. I mean, you gotta, you gotta talk to them without being in front of them. Exactly. And the the big thing that's going on now is what's called like person to person or peer to peer marketing, where if let's say you and I were, Adam, were discussing some sort of CRM, and we might be talking about the benefits of this one or that one or what have you. It's two marketers, two peers discussing a product, and the product is not involved in the conversation. For so long, it was, that's how it was done. But you had you know, us meeting at the local chamber or the local Kiwanis or what have you. And we would, we would talk about what are you doing? That's working. What are your best practices? What sort of expertise can you share if there was mentorship or sort of peer to peer coaching going on? It was happening in that context. Now, a lot of that is happening where folks are listening to podcasts. We have folks that listen to the Rethink Marketing podcast that I have never met. And sometimes they email me and it's awesome. And I get to interact with them at a little bit of a level. And sometimes they don't ever reach out, right? And that's fine too. But there's this relationship, if you will, and that's one-sided. And so there's much less of an opportunity for that sort of um, conversation. And it's more of a, a monologue, I hate to say, but there's still that level of expertise being shared and oftentimes businesses are nowhere to be found 
in that conversation. So now not only do we have to be experts in search engine marketing, experts in social media, experts in content, experts in emails, experts in sales support, experts in in funnel management and so on and so forth. <clears throat> but now you have to be part of a conversation that you weren't invited into in some way. Mm. And that might look like brand building that might look like providing value that might look like really niching your content. There are so many different ways to sort of invite yourself into a conversation to make yourself part of a conversation. Even if you are not actually involved in the transaction of exchanging words, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It totally makes sense. But you know, you mentioned CRMs, imagine being like a sales guy at a CRM. I mean, there's like, what is a CRM? consumer relationship management, customer relationship management platform. So Salesforce is a oh, CRM. God. Yeah, like your marketing database. If you There's know. a billion of them. So you're the guy that they bitch to. Well, no, the CRM yeah. is, and uh, you just put your customer information, you put little reminders in there about like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to hit this person back next week or three days from now. Actually, I had a guy who built a CRM and he said the ideal time is like three days to reach back out is like three days. Well, is what so he's three, day, three day rules always been the, yeah. Three day always rules. Been a sweet spot. Is that the for, thing? Cause you're a sales guy. So you know no, more no, about no, this no. than I do, Not but sales. Remember when you were young and you didn't, and you were single, it was always a three day. Oh, three day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, it's like the 2080 rule. It's like one of those universal the law laws. Of three. That, yeah, yeah. 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 It's a universal law. Right. Yeah. So yeah, but, but there's so many CRMs out there and it's crazy. And if you're in the marketing world, you probably get emails from one every, at least once a week, like some random, Hey, you know, I'm so-and-so from this software company and you know, just canned email that they send out Oh yeah, we, or miss, calls. You. we miss you, Kyle. Come yeah. back. Yeah. We haven't, yeah. You know, depending on how long it's been since you've interacted with their website or whatever. Yeah, yeah. We miss you, Kyle. Come back to us. But yeah, CRMs, God, imagine being a salesperson or a marketer trying to, trying to sell a CRM that's not named Salesforce. I mean, right now, Salesforce is, it's just the default. Like you're like, ah, I need a CRM. Oh, Salesforce. Right. Like, That's and it's like just Google for search engines, but it's so big. Like it's just so much in Salesforce. And and it's like most companies, just regular old, you know, dump trailer companies don't need a, you know, some of them don't even need a CRM. They're just using spreadsheets. No, we just need a commercial. Yeah. We just need a commercial. But I mean, there's a lot of products out there that are really, really challenging. And there's a lot of companies that are really hard to, work with, especially these manufacturing companies. If they make one sale every six months, they're fine for what they're selling, right? They're selling huge machines or or whatever it is, right? And they've got to sell some of those things. So it's like, oh, I've only got this much traffic. Well, how many people do you think are looking for your giant turbine thing that you're trying to sell? you know, or whatever it is. So it's exactly, you probably don't need a podcast. You probably don't need a YouTube channel. You probably, you may not even need an email newsletter. We, we talk a lot about uh, my podcast co-host and I talk a lot about shrinking your universe. And I think that's extremely applicable in this conversation where, you know, my, my day job is marketing outpatient addiction treatment services to essentially the, the Medicaid or uninsured population. I don't need to be running ads on cable news networks. I don't need to be running, um, you know, giant um, billboards or what have you for people to drive past. I probably don't need to be running giant radio spots for people to listen to that are super compelling because those are reaching a lot of people that are auxiliary to my core audience. So when you shrink that universe and you realize, you know, the, the going back to the Pareto principle or 80-20 rule that um, I think Kyle just brought up, where you look at it and you're like, hey, 
kind of ignore those 80%, really dive into that 20%, and you can probably ignore half of that 20%. Well, now instead of reaching everyone who is a quote unquote prospect, you've really honed in on, I've got to reach these this 10% of people with the most compelling messaging in a way that really speaks to them, that galvanizes action, that's memorable, that um, that's empathetic and um, and emotionally connective. That's much easier than trying to say, I've got to do that exact same thing for everyone. Isn't that kind of the four hour work week kind of mentality? Like the guys who did, Hey, you know, start a company that you only have to work four hours a week or whatever. The muse. Yeah, the Tim Ferriss thing. He's just like, kind of like, Hey, he breaks down in the book. Like there's only a small amount of people who you need to really sell to. And you only need this many customers and you don't, he was spending his time on the unproductive customers. Like he had a lot of crappy customers. I think this is the book. I've read so many business books. It's like they're blending together, oh, but look at you. yeah, I, I think you're right. Yeah, exactly. It's been a while since I've read. But I think that is what it, I think that's the book it was in. But, you know, he talked about all this time he was spending trying to start his businesses up. And he's like, man, I had clients that weren't spending that much money, but they were a pain in the ass. Yep. And it's, it's like, don't worry about those customers. Let those customers go. You know, work with the big, the customer who's not going to eat up a, a bunch of your time, but has money to spend. And appreciates what you're doing. And appreciates what you're doing. Understands what you're doing. Because in our industry, and you know this, there's a lot of people out there just super uneducated. You feel oh like every gosh. time you get a new client, you're 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 doing this class over. You might as well go teach at a university because every semester you're doing <laughs> you're you're talking about the same stuff, right? Exactly. Wait, wait. Explain to me how search engine rankings work again, right? And, yeah. and you're yeah, thinking well, hey, important for my search on my website. Like, exactly. Oh well, let's see. Here we go again. You know. And it's like the same stuff over and over again. But what is and and you can take a sec to think about this is doing your podcast. And I know we have our favorites. Kyle Pratt has his favorites. I've got my favorites. I think it was super awesome. We had a, a WWE wrestler and now he's flipping houses and, you know, he grew up in Wales and he lived in Florida and he's now he's in Las Vegas, but he was a guest on our show. We might have a famous MMA fighter. I'm not going to say who it is just yet, potentially as a guest on our show here soon, but we've had some people that have had some really interesting lives on our podcast and have, have done some really cool side hustles. So what's, what are some of the things you don't have to mention anybody specifically, but what are some of the things you've learned from some of the people after 70 so episodes Talking about marketing and sales, who is one of what is one of the things you've learned that just kind of like changed your life or blew you away? Or it's like every time you're with a client now, you think, I need to bring this up. Like this is important. There are way too many for me to delve into, but I I think tell us your favorite kid. Which one's your your favorite kid? Or just something that was like, I mean, when you heard it, you were like, Yes, I'm glad I did the podcast. Sure. The biggest there are kind of two and we've talked to, you know, people in all different specialties, if you will, within business. And so, and primarily focused on marketing and or sales and, or um, just growth. And the recurring theme is you provide more in value than you receive in compensation. And that looks like a lot of different things. And there are a lot of different phrases that uh, encapsulate that concept, but that's really when you boil down, that's kind of the concept. And that has been, that's just stuck with me a lot related to um, writing, related to marketing and communications, related to uh, marketing strategy, those sorts of things where, you know, 
it's, it's not, I'm trying to sell something to you, but it's just, how do I provide value to this person in a way that they feel like, man, I'm so glad I did business with Colin because I'm way better off. And also I'm then better off for having done that transaction as well. Um, And that results in not just a single transaction. Oftentimes it results in an ongoing relationship that then you are able to continue to provide value and then obviously receive value. So I think that's a a big one. And the second one that is probably the most, I would say, um, revolutionary or groundbreaking is the concept of um, just humanization of interactions. And, and that looks very different for different businesses. You know, if, if you're B2B, you're still selling to people. There are still people that respond to your emails. There are still people that answer the phone, that sort of thing. Um, you know, it's, it's not like, oh, I sell to a group of buyers. Therefore, this doesn't apply to me. If you are a, a SaaS business targeted to individuals, if you have an app or something that you want people to download, it, it still applies to you because you're selling directly to individuals, you're marketing directly to those individuals. And then that's obviously true when you're segmenting uh, kind of groups of folks, if you're selling um, like a physical product. But basically what that, that was a long setup, but basically what that means is getting away from talking to people, talking at people, advertising to people, advertising at people, and really building relationships in a way that people are transitioning from prospects into customers, into clients, into repeat customers, and more so that you're building an audience that's turning into a group of advocates for you. And I think that's really fascinating because it really takes into account, you have to be authentic and you have to be consistent. So you're not coming in saying, okay, I'm this archetype to the this group of people. I'm that archetype to this group of people on this social media platform. Here's how my business reacts uh, on that social media platform. Here's how we react. You know, you're, you're consistent and you have people that represent your business. So it's not, it's no longer um, the quote unquote, like corporate page. It's Adam, who's a representative of this corporation. It's Colin, who's a representative of that corporation. And, and we're posting content, we're interacting with people, we're being genuine, we're being authentic. And it's coming from more of a, a groundswell grassroots type of mentality and type of execution than it is from, you know, hey, we all represent that business. So we go on LinkedIn, and we share the corporate post, or we go on Facebook, and we comment on the corporate post or what have you. It it enables much more authenticity and much more uh, just many more genuine interactions. And because of that, your employees become advocates of your business and then their connections, their spheres of influence become acquainted with your your business. And then they become essentially um, advocates, if you will, for your business, provided that it's relevant to them and, and some other things. So, a very, very deep concepts. I could spend probably a couple of hours diving into each one and how it applies and how to unpack it and just what I've learned and how that's transformed the way that I do marketing. But at a very high level, those are probably the two biggest trends that I've noticed in speaking to many, many different people um, over the course of about a year. Wow. Yeah. And I agree with, uh, I mean, pretty much everything you said, if you deliver 
and you over deliver, right? You're going to, in, in every aspect of your business, whether that be with your employees, with your customers, with whoever, people are going to talk about that. And at some point you're not even going to have to do sales anymore because your customers are going to become your salespeople. And that's exactly. what it's all about. Exactly. We talked earlier about that person-to-person marketing. And if you're able to build an audience, essentially, of advocates that then goes out and they, they understand what you stand for and what you do and why you are the best at what you do and the value that you bring, then when they're having those conversations that you weren't invited into, you have sort of successfully intervened or inserted yourself into that conversation, if you will, where you have somebody who is educated, if not passionate about what you do, and they're able to make that recommendation. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really what it's all about. I mean, it's, you know, why are you in it? If you're not having a good time and you're not, you're not passionate about it, you're probably not going to deliver. And, you know, maybe you should be doing something else. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So, but I mean, you guys are passionate enough about it to, to put a podcast together and to get all these you know, exciting people. I mean, I'm looking at your website here and it's, you know, you guys got some, you know, great guests on your podcast. I mean, a lot of stuff that could be learned in a lot of different perspectives. I won't name drop, but I will say that we have had some phenomenal, very renowned folks who slummed it with us for about an hour. And man, the learning that I've had individually has been tremendous. I and know. I hope our audience can say the same. I know that some of them have that reach out to me. So I really like your website. You guys put a lot of work in this. Yeah, I know. Thank you. It's actually, it, it would not, be, it's not a template like blog. No, it's, like, it's extremely nice. Or not a template, uh, which one we'll call it like a, like a, you know, like a Wix is just, yeah, yeah. Well, we're, 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 well, we're slumming it. I mean, they're, they're, they got pictures, they're in suits and. Yeah, ours is just Buzzsprout. Like ours is just a Buzzsprout, uh, you know, we default. Just, page we should just that take, we redirected our domain to we should just take a picture of ourselves in the um in our, our little layer here and put it on a website i mean look at this he's got little custom pictures and stuff and see i'm the graphics guy but every one of ours is just a different person look at a little if, guy diving if I was right as here handsome as colin i'd want to be on here too i know exactly see oh, you're too kind look at this there's bell from uh beauty and the beast there I my wife better off that. now with our pictures Bluey. on the internet yeah you guys are uh, getting creative with each one of your little episode art things here so yeah, we, we try to make the titles intriguing, right? Like is green eggs and ham really the best sales book ever written? You got to listen to the episode. Should <laughs> I really fire my office manager? Got to listen to the episode, right? I, I mean, it, it is in a sense, it's marketing, right? We, we, if we put out an episode, for example, that said, um, trying to think of a good example. Uh, episode two. <laughs> like, like we, yeah, exactly. Episode two. Or episode even if it one. was as simple as saying, um, you know, write one blog a week for the next year and here's what happens. Well, then people are looking at it and they're like, eh, I don't really want to write a blog a week for a year. That sounds boring and I'm, I'm not going to get into that. They won't listen to the episode, but we try to really bring some evergreen topics to the forefront. Again, like I've been in the role of a marketing department of one. I've been the guy who's trying to lead a bunch of vendors who don't talk to each other and don't really care about your success per se. Uh, and so the best way to support that person is to provide evergreen content and not all of our episodes are evergreen. I'm sure if you listen to, you know, our episodes from six months ago in three or four years, they're probably not as relevant as they are now or as they were six months ago. What is that? We're not talking about, 
Brand stuff new. that was like trending, if you will, then. So all that to say, you know, we want to help folks really build value in their own uh, marketing repertoire. And, and that's our singular objective. Now you look, I mean, you guys, so obviously you are experts of experts of SEO. You have the best website for a podcast I think I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, you got the blog going on too. So outside of just the podcast episodes, they got the blog. Yeah. The creativity of their, of your banners for your, each individual episode is ridiculous. I mean, I, Oh, I think you guys, you guys have to be killing it. Am I, am I wrong in my assessment? Are we surrounded by morons or are people actually like, I mean, what's your audience? Well, we, we look at the, man, I, I don't need, I don't even know what the right nomenclature is, but it's like version version two, I think where it looks at how many folks have downloaded the podcast and then listen to that episode for a minute plus. Is that IFABB or something of that nature? Does yeah. that sound familiar? Uh, the, well, we probably would be better off with our, they don't give us our that, numbers. They don't provide us attention. that data at Buzzsprout. Fair enough. So uh, we, we're coming up on a year and we're about to surpass 10,000 downloads. Nice. So that like downloads and folks who have listened to it for a minute. So that's the way that we measure it. And by all accounts, it, that makes it a successful podcast. We're in you know, not, not to sound braggadocious or anything, but we're in the top 10% of podcasts worldwide, um, but hitting that number and we're on track to be a, a pretty successful podcast. Just generally speaking, again, we've been around for, uh, just less than a year, but I think the biggest thing is we saw a need and kudos to my co-host because he was really the one that kind of addressed it and was like, Hey, there, there's not a great podcast out there right now. That's like, concise to the point interviews, great guests, and is really centered on SMB marketers. You know, there are some fantastic podcasts out there. I listen to marketing podcasts myself, but they require such a level of expertise that you have to come into the conversation, understanding how um, individualized digital artwork is related to the up and coming NFT market and how NFTs are related to blockchain technology. Yeah, nobody, I try to explain blockchain and NFTs and DeFi and, you know, just Bitcoin, how that works. Everybody thinks Bitcoin and blockchain are the same thing. And I'm like, oh, so it's hard. It's hard for me to, I don't know, it's again, re-educating people over and over again. I think I've I've explained it probably a hundred times. You got to do it like I do it. Stutter over your words, like just not say, be able I, to explain it properly. Just say, I don't know. It is, you know how it goes? No, I'm going to get it, to the point where I'm like, I don't know. I just have them walk. I just have them look <laughs> at me with a blank stare in their eyes. And they're just like, I'm done listening to this guy. Mumble. <laughs> so you guys are, yeah. So we're at how many podcasts are we at? 4,000 downloads, something like that. Oh no, we're at 40. We, we, we broke 4,500. 4,500. Yeah. That's now, great. Now that we got Colin. We're going to get up. We might surpass them with I this I know, one. man. I know you're so, like, somehow I think these listens might go negative. People are going <laughs> to, you're ahead of us, but I do agree with you. Like the, you know, I just went to, I don't know. Did you do the ad age conference last week or whatever that was two weeks ago? Ad age had that big digital marketing conference. They just had. I a, didn't. I honestly it was good. It was really don't good. do a lot of conferences. Um, I've spoken at a few, but I, I don't attend many of them, not because I don't want to and not because I don't learn a lot from doing them. I just don't have the bandwidth at this point between, you know, uh, podcasting work. I'm a full-time or not a full-time student per se, but I'm pursuing an MBA as well. Nice, good. A couple of young kids. So 
but I, I am a huge proponent of conferences and a big believer in them. I just don't attend them right now at this point in my well, life. Well, I've never really got a lot out of conferences just because you, you end up going and then somebody's like, oh, hey, we should, you know, sit and chat. And then you're talking to them for a half an hour, 45 minutes. You miss the freaking talk that you wanted to do. The good thing about the Zad age when it was, all, it was all on, I mean, it, one after the other, right? Now I can go back. There's like a library. I think I got 30 days to go back and listen to them. But to your point, in order to go to that conference, you already have to have a pretty good understanding of how marketing works. You can't just jump into one of these conversations. It is going to go way over your head. I mean, a lot of the stuff, it was just crazy. Like you had these Ukrainian guys on there talking about how they, you know, do all this stuff with, with Snapchat and all those other things. And, you know, I was like, whoa, like this is craziness. Like, how are they doing this? You know? And, you know, a lot of the social media stuff, like especially the new social media stuff, I don't really mess with a whole lot. Like, I don't even think I have TikTok on my phone. So, you know, other people understand how to leverage that. Younger people know how to leverage that, I think, and, and, and use those strategies. But, you know, these guys are selling this. I forget what it was. It was like a rodent repellent type of thing. And um, they put together a whole entire display and they were like reaching out to Cabela's and all these other places. And they said, hey we got your display for the rodent repellent stuff. And like, you know, let us know when we can bring it in. And it's like, what? Well, like, it seems like the new, and I'm far from a marketing expert, but it seems to me like the new age marketing is the person giving the message is more important than the message itself. Like you almost have to catch their attention. And I don't know if that's different than it is. I guess it's sort of like celebrity branding without being a celebrity. But like, I think what you're getting to is, Today, especially on social media, marketing is more about entertaining than conveying a particular message. So they like they dance on TikTok, and then they'll like point up to these words that they're eventually going. They're going to they'll fill in when they edit the video, and it's like this, this, and then if you buy this, you get this, and then they point up to the left corner. With I the, think it's with, so weird with the duck face. Yeah, yeah. It's so you, you have to use no, the duck face. Kids love to do. So cringe. I look at it and I'm like, what are they doing? And then well, and the interesting thing too is, and, and we saw this with Facebook 15 years ago, probably, but now many businesses assume because you are a user of a platform that you know how to market on that platform. And that's simply not the case. There is an opportunity for you to build an audience on a platform and become a marketing expert, if you will, on building audiences on that platform. And I think TikTok is making that very clear. Clubhouse is making that very clear that you can't use sort of your traditional in-house marketing team to be successful on those platforms. You have to have a person who is your kind of marketing voice on that platform, um, particularly on those types of platforms where it requires a lot more personal engagement, which kind of harkens back to what I was talking about earlier with that sort of humanized mechanism of marketing versus the sort of automation and, and that sort of thing that we were seeing even four or five years ago. So th there, there's a fine line to walk between if you are someone who can build an audience on social media, and I don't mean social media as in just TikTok or just Clubhouse or just Facebook, but pick your niche, so to speak, there, there's probably opportunity to monetize that in a big way because I know as a marketer that businesses are looking for people who can come in and help them build audiences on these new platforms in a way that seems authentic and genuine and true to their brand. But, you know, they don't want to hire a 22-year-old a as their marketing director 
to run all of their marketing. They just need help building an audience on that one platform. Exactly. What scares the shit out of me is that, so I have twins that are 20 and one of the twins. You look way too young for that. No, I mean, I age well. No, I'm just kidding. I, uh, you got to look him in his eyes. Yeah. You'll see the pain. And the- I'll take the filter. I'll take the filter off of my photos. And you'll see it for me. <laughs> but they, uh, one of them has, and they're, they're handsome kids. They're not mine genetically. So they're handsome and athletic and people <laughs> like, them. <laughs> but I've, I've, I've taught them some things, I think. Anyway, they get hit up all the time on Instagram by these people that say that they're marketers and they, they want to uh, have them wear like a shoe so to promote their shoe or whatever. Cause I guess they have enough followers or a lot of followers. The hard part as a parent is how do you decipher what's bullshit and it's going to hack into their phone? Yeah. Right. And what's a legitimate like opening conversation to have with a marketing department. That's, that's what scares me. That is very challenging for sure. And part of that is you don't want to align yourself. I mean, A, yes, the hacking is is negative, providing information to somebody so they can correlate your username on Instagram to your home address because they're shipping stuff to you. That's uh, another issue entirely. I mean, you could circumvent that, I guess, with, um, you know, send that thing to this PO box, but that's neither here nor there. But uh, it seems like there's there's a growing effort in marketing to pitch micro-influencers and there is definitely an opportunity. I know you guys are, are real estate guys, or at least half of you are real estate guys, where you know you, you see these sort of roll-ups, right? You don't want 50 individual investors going out and buying, let's say, a, a duplex each. You're much better off to pull those 50 investors together and then have them all go out and buy 50 duplexes as an organization, right? There's so many efficiencies there. And so what I think we'll start to see if we're not seeing it already are organizations that contact micro-influencers, folks with mm. a few thousand followers on different social platforms, kind of aggregate them together and then sell that package to organizations who want to leverage micro-influencers in a particular niche. I feel like, like there's the, already something like that. I feel so, like there are groups out there that- It's almost like a miniature uh, modeling agency. Yeah, it is. It's, yeah, like, exactly, exactly. Yeah, there's got to be something out there that does that. And it could even be like a modeling agency turned influencer, like, because they already know how to scout for people, right? Right. And it's a lot easier to look at that and say, okay, I can legitimize that you have this many followers on that platform versus, well, you said you can sing, but, you know, you got to send a demo tape in. Right. Yeah. Call me the songbird of my generation. <laughs> well, Colin, I appreciate it, man. I, I'm so glad you came on today. Um, so it's, uh, let's see, it's a long URL here. It's take five rethink. Oh, wait, what is it? Take five, the rethink marketing podcast.com. It's worth it. Type it in. It's worth it. It's the it's best gonna be podcast. On, don't worry. Website. It's going to be in the details. Well, I'm just saying it's the best podcast website you're ever going to see. I swear to the Lord. Yeah. It's a nice looking website and it's a, you guys got a lot of, it's really easy to browse. That's what I like about it. It's yeah, easy to browse. Thing, easy it's interface, easy to, big letters for old people like us. It's I awesome. can go to episodes. Boom. And then here's the episodes right here. All of them. And they all got like cool the, little the banners are like, I'm, I still can't get over this banners. They're, they're well thought out. Like they have a mouse looking at a piece of cheese tried and true. Yeah. Ways to get the cheese. Well, yeah, just, look at this. The yeah. nihil- there's a nihilist one in there too, and it makes me think of the big yeah, I saw Lebowski. the nihilist one. That was good. We believe in nothing, Lebowski. <laughs> no, but that's, there, there is a big Lebowski reference in that episode. Have to have yeah, it. That's the content nihilism episode. Yes. 
But yeah. thank you guys so much for having me on today. Thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. Hopefully, even though I am still in a corporate job, your audience won't throw stones at me. But appreciate oh, the shout out. And you got the little side hustle. This is your side hustle. Well, you know? I'm, I'm still in a corporate job, so I hope my company Yeah, I know. He's on this podcast. <laughs> I know. And we got and we got the dump trailer company, uh, Take a Dump. We're, we're starting that. Oh, yeah. You can market that for us. That'll be fun. That's right. Oh, yeah. You should help us market the Take a Dump trailers. Hey, let me know. That sounds like a blast. I feel like they nobody in that industry is doing what they're supposed to do. You know? We almost need a, a strategy or whatever. We need a strategy for how to attack the market. I think, I think, I mean, you're, it's dump trailers for Christ's sake. There's only three or four manufacturers of them. But I think what we do is just have a better marketing department than everybody else. That's I it. That's, that's all you got to do. That's, that's it. it. SEO. Hey, you, you got the right people in the room. I'm Aid just search. telling you that. Paid yeah. search. Yeah. That's all we got to do. Well, awesome, Colin. Yeah. Uh, how else do you want people to reach out to you? I mean, you got the website. Um, what, what else? Is there any other way you want people to, to connect with you? The website's perfect. You can also find me on LinkedIn. Um, just Colin Jeffries. It's um, linkedin.com slash in slash Colin Jeffries. And then folks can go to the rethink marketing podcast.com. That will auto redirect to take five, the rethink marketing podcast.com, which is the longer URL. But I think you'll have that in the show notes. So please feel free to follow up. And uh, I'd, I'd love to hear that you heard me on this podcast. Yeah. Awesome. Well, great, Colin. Well, you're, you're, you're helping people out. You're getting small businesses, like the ones who are, who come on our show to understand marketing. And I, you know, I'd encourage a lot of them, uh, a lot of our guests uh, that we've had and future guests to get on there and, uh, and listen so they can uh, adopt some of these marketing strategies you have on well, here. Well, for non-marketing people like myself, I guess it's really helpful listening to this because it gives you an idea of what you need to start thinking about in yeah. terms of as you grow, how do you, how do you get the repeat customers so you can actually organically grow and Start doing that um, extrapolating growth, whatever the hell it's called. But, uh, what do you call it? When growth scale. hacking? Scale. When scale. scale. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> God, I'm stupid. Well, even startups. Startups should probably get on here and listen to this. I mean, growth hacking, you kind of almost mentioned growth hacking there. That's not on purpose because I have no idea what it is. <laughs> well, every startup needs a growth hack. They need to get guerrilla marketing. They need to figure out ways to like get their message out there and find users in a cheap way so that they can test whatever they're building. Oh, okay. Yep. That's growth hacking. That's what I meant. Yeah. And then grow it. All right, Colin. Thank you, sir. Thank you both. All right. Have a good weekend. You do the same. Thanks, gentlemen. Bye. Thanks for joining us on this week's episode of Side Hustle City. Well, you've heard from our guests. Now let's hear from you. Join our community on Facebook, Side Hustle City. It's a group where people share ideas, share their inspirational stories, and motivate each other to be successful and turn their side hustle into their main hustle. We'll see you there and we'll see you next week on the show. Thank you.